From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. We're back. The revolution is back. I think the revolution might be over. It's over. USA. We did it. <laughs> we did it. We we can cancel the podcast. And that's not April Fool's joke, even though we're recording on Easter and April Fool's. That's right. At the same time. Which is ironic in itself. Well, let's not go down that <laughs> So, uh, Corey, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. You just came directly off the court, directly into the studio. Me? No. I can smell you. I promise. <laughs> I promise you do. Oh, well then, in that case, yes. That's what I need to say. I wish we had cameras. You look like hell. <laughs> did you win? Uh, yes, I did. There we go. Singles, doubles, triples. Mixed, mixed doubles. Mixed doubles. The highest form of tennis. Mixed doubles. Your favorite, right? <laughs> For uh, rec, yeah. Why yeah. not? <laughs> I got no problem with mixed. Yes. Well, and if you remember last week, we said that we were not going to talk about the men's final at all. <laughs> Unless... Well, I said in less than American way, and you said, no, even then, forget it. <laughs> right, I thought, you know. And then, look what happened. I don't know what happened. That's what we need to say every week. All right, so, the dilemma is, first of all, no, 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 I did say we would mention it, but that's it. Right. So, we would mention it, but I'm not going to mention it yet. <laughs> not going to mention it yet. you got to stay tuned. So, was that, was that for men's doubles as well. I think I was just referring to singles. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that ever enters the conversation. I'm not trying to hedge my bets because I'm never wrong. Um, <laughs> so Miami is both over and over. That's Ooh, right. How about that? Going deep. <laughs> yeah. It's the last time that it will be held at, uh, at Key Biscayne. So now it'll be in Miami, actually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know exactly how that works. I don't know if Key Biscayne is part of the city proper or if it's like a, who knows? Well, it's like the Dallas Cowboys, which we know they're not they in Dallas and have never been in Dallas. Right, not once. Literally, not once. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, it is not. It's it's not part of Miami. It's uh, Currently, or even the new one isn't. Key Biscayne is, an, is a Florida town, so it's its <laughs> own entity. Yeah, but the new place is actually in Miami. Yes. Yeah. Is it? I, I think. Yeah, Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, what I think was interesting, they said that part of the reason they were moving is because they couldn't find a use for this stadium outside of tennis, and then the new place has 36 courts. And I'm like, what are you going to use for that except for tennis? But I guess it's just tied into the football stadium somehow. and Parking lot. Yeah. Parking lot space. Right. So I thought it was strange reasoning, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um well, let's talk about the tournament. Well, let's talk, no, let's talk about this. All right, so I hate the Miami Dolphins. Right. No, I don't care. I'm indifferent. I'm, <laughs> I, I think I, most people don't care one way or the other. Yeah, because the they're awful. They haven't won in so long. Yeah, they're awful. So I, 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 I stand corrected. Similar to the Cowboys. But people hate the U. Right. Miami, true. the University of Miami plays there. The U. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing the U. If we had cameras, <laughs> you're doing the U symbol right now. Um, so the U plays there. And it's really just Joe Robbie Stadium from back in the day. Yeah. It's, you know, so they, it's changed names a couple of days. Now it's Hard Rock. Yeah. I didn't even think Hard Rock made enough money to have us to name a stadium. Yeah, I thought they were struggling. Are they not? I, I don't know. 
Or maybe the guy that uh, owns them. 10-year or 20-year contracts. Yeah, who knows? Like Enron Stadium for a while in Houston. (laughs) (laughs) They had to get rid of that at the last minute. Did they? Yeah. Well, I think they, I don't know how soon after the bankruptcy or the criminal issues, but they had to eventually get somebody else to buy it. Well, hopefully Hard Rock Cafe won't be found to be laundering money and what have you. Right. So, uh, so yeah, so it's moving uh, from uh, Key Biscayne Island there. Uh, what do you think about that? Does it make you sad? Do you even care? Did you even notice? I mean, I wouldn't have known had they not said. The new stadium plans looked really cool. I'm not opposed to doing crazy stuff like putting tennis in a football stadium. Now, I'll tell you this. Basketball in a football stadium is weird. Why? Well, because you you have to section off a bunch of stuff. It's yeah. not like... You can be in row triple Z right. and actually see anything. Yeah. A lot like Arthur Ashe. I but guess you, I was going to really say matter. you can't in tennis either. Well, right. That's what I'm, I'm making. Yeah. Do you not <laughs> connect those dots? <laughs> well, you said this was better. Well, no, it could be. Oh, uh, yeah. It could be. I mean, I'm not afraid of. If they don't put 20,000 seats. I don't think they are. What they're doing is they're pushing the court up against one side and okay. then bringing stands in on the other. So they're, they're you know, and then you can see in the artist rendition uh all the upper seats are all covered with uh okay. you know okay decorative uh you know whatever um so i guess it'll be it'll have a feel of a smaller regular old uh stadium so hopefully that's the case um yeah but i'm i've been to Crandon park i've been to the tennis center yeah. there a bit to the orange bowl a couple times for some various things but uh yeah i mean i have no Draw, you know, there's nothing pulling me to that. Right. No, no, you know. Um, well, is it like easier? I would assume it's easier for travel purposes to get to the new stadium. As I would think to so. Going to keep us gain. First of all, because a dollar to get all across right. the Rickenbacker Causeway or something <laughs> like that, or two dollars. I don't know what it was, but so they're keeping people like me out that can't afford that kind of money. <laughs> uh, it's free to leave though. Yeah, but to get that's to, funny. Yeah, to get onto well, the, the island. One thing that I noticed was weird, and maybe this was just TV. It seemed like the stadium there extended like more outward than upward. Which was Arthur Ashe goes up really high, right? Whereas this one, it seemed like it was really the same width as Arthur Ashe, but it, but a lot fewer seats. So I didn't know if that was something they wanted to change somehow. Like maybe that limited how many seats they could have or how many tickets they could sell. I'm not sure. Well, I think what it is is they're uh, they're um, utilizing part of one side of the stands, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know. I'm trying to look at it right here, and uh, I can't really tell. This well, thing just doesn't help me. Well, that could be why it was so windy at this stadium, too. They kept talking about the wind this week, which they like to talk about all the time. So it's kind of like a U-shape. They're going to bring in U-shaped stands and then put it over closer to a sideline, a football sideline. I see. And then I don't know if they're bringing in additional. I don't know what all that is. I can't tell. But that's just the main court, and then all the other courts are just normal, you know, probably grandstand, a couple hundred seats. Right. It looks like, yeah, basically – yeah, you've got a stadium inside a stadium. So the last few rounds are all on that court, I would assume, last couple rounds. And then out in the parking lot, you've got 30 courts or whatever it was. Right. 30 show and practice courts. I'm sure they can, because what they'll do is they'll build a court with like concrete pads on either side, or they already have, I don't know if they have it or not, I don't know. Um, but, uh you know, then they can bring in stands right. on either side. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a permanent structure. So, um, and again, I think obviously if you have a giant football stadium, it can be used for lots of things. Yeah. And so, uh, 
in that regard. I mean, Crandon Park is a giant. It's a great stadium size-wise. It's really perfect. But, yeah, there's nothing else to be used except for. Yeah, you don't need that stadium court except for once a year. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll do a live podcast down there and uh, <laughs> think we could fill the. Yeah, now that they don't have any other needs for it, we can go there. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Broadcasting live from Key Biscayne the week after the tournament. <laughs> Big draw. Why not? As they're tearing the stadium down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm pretty – anytime you have somebody who is that wealthy, so this fella, um, uh, Stephen Ross, that owns the Dolphins, he can't seem to win a football game, but hopefully he'll be successful <laughs> right. in this endeavor. Um, anytime you have somebody that's, you know, that wealthy and wants to invest that kind of money into tennis, what are you going to do? How can you argue? Yeah. You know, I mean – that doesn't hurt my feelings. I think I think ultimately and it's not like some goofy labor cup, no offense, right. Rod Labor, you know, or Fetter. Um, it's an actual event that they're really trying to to bulk up, uh, to bolster up. Yeah. And I saw the Labor Cup ticket prices, I'm not defending it anymore. Uh, let's go back to Davis Cup. <laughs> How much? Cheapest tickets right now are twenty four hundred dollars each. Holy hell. And that's that's not even a really good seat. Wow. So I'll be here that weekend. <laughs> no, all right, perfect. Um, but yeah, the I do think it's funny. Don't you think that it's funny they do this in every sport where they make a big deal? They're changing venues and updated stadium, but then the game is played on the same court. It really won't make any difference. We're watching it, right? Right for us, and, right? But right, same right. with anything. I mean, football, basketball, nothing changes about the actual competition. Yeah, but see, the the tennis revenue or the revenue that comes from a venue is much more valuable than TV revenue that's spread about. For tennis. For the people running the tournament. Oh, I see. So James Blake and his crew. Speaking of JB, how's he doing, <laughs> huh? Was it kind of weird to see him? I mean, it was. Again, him and Roddick, they could be top right. five doubles team in the in the world, and both of them could be <laughs> top 30. I'm saying top 30. You say top 50. I say top 30. JB, I'm not saying you Blake too. top 30 because he, he, he was trying and he couldn't make it. No, oh, uh, he got as high as seven, I think, or something. Well, no, he? but I mean, he actually kept playing and just declined. Like, he played the Challenger one year, and he was around 100 or something. Oh, so he okay. really didn't quit I by see. choice. I see. But Roddick definitely, he quit when he was still in the top 30. I see. But yeah. That's not technically talking about men's tennis. We're talking about the event. And <laughs> right. James Blake, while a men and a tennis player, is not a men's tennis player currently. He is the director of the Miami Open. But as a tennis person who's made their living doing tennis for your whole life, don't you... What do you think about having a former player run a tournament? Isn't that sort of like a, a player broadcasting or something? It's like a, No, it's better. Okay. It's better, and here's why. Because, first of all, we have a former player broadcasting, and he's awful. <laughs> many, it, many of them. Yeah, they could be great, but... Well, that's what I mean. It's awful. I don't understand. Endeavor. I don't even know who he's tweeting about. <laughs> this is BG Tennis Nation. Yeah. I'm sorry, Brad Gilbert. Even though he tweeted us once. Listen, loved your, loved your book. Yeah. I, I love what you could offer commentary-wise. Why don't they let you in the booth, man? Ever. I mean, you have a rarely. gas problem or something? <laughs> what is the deal? Do you drink too? I don't know what's going on. Are you eating potato chips? You know, and it's, it's bothering. They, they I, give him like 30 seconds a set to talk. Well, they put him down there with Gordon Ivanisevich trying to whisper in his ear. Then his <laughs> mic goes down. Nobody cares about this guy. I guess he feels like he's got to come up with these jackass names. I don't know. He tweets about these people and these nicknames, and I have no idea who he's talking about. <laughs> if you if you pull his tweet out of the time, it's you know like he's right. tweeting during a match. All right, I got it. I, I can see the two people but on the court. If you're not reading it right then, but 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and I, I, I still, I think, I think uh, a lot like John Isner. I think he's a very underrated uh, American <laughs> tennis. Uh, oh yeah, you've been saying that for so long. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Can well, we, listen. I will say one thing. Here's <laughs> all right. Finally, this is this is my comment. Right. This is my comment on American men's tennis <laughs> that that I'm allowed yes. for this tournament for this week for this podcast. The king is dead. Long live the king. <laughs> Sock is done. He is outside the top ten. So we don't have to I mean, he's not the number anymore. one. He's not the number one American. <laughs> Both. Isner is now the number one American. So yes. that solves all of our problems. Does that mean Isner now is the brunt of all our criticism? Wait a second. I, let me rethink this. I, hey, driving into the studio sounded better. If he plays like that, then... I no, have no problem with him you're being a top American. You're wrong. Well, today he was horrible, okay. even though he won. I agree with sure. that. Okay. I know where you're going with that. The last two matches, he was great. All right, so if I talk about it, but I criticize it, can we, <laughs> does that count? I think we should talk about it because damn it was it. so unusual. First of all, can't you just block a damn return in? You know you suck at tennis, right? You can serve. Your right. volleys, oh, my dear, oh, my God. He had some atrocious volleys. Oh today. my god, that was horrendous. He doesn't know how to volley. He doesn't know where to volley. Oh my god, it was didn't unbelievable. Set his feet on any volley, I don't think. Well, listen, when you're standing on two tree trunks, <laughs> it's kind of hard to. It was it, that was just horrendous. I said, I think that was the worst executed match for a winner I've ever seen. <laughs> Never in the match did I think he had a good strategy, and yet he still won. I didn't understand his strategy at any and point. And listen, on the women's side, don't let break opportunities and then bro- you know breaks a serve you know don't let people tell you that means the tennis sucked because right. it doesn't right if you're five foot nothing how are you gonna have a big serve how are you gonna yeah. hold you're not so it's yeah. fine it's fine to be able to attack you know as a returner and break you know because the first four games of that first set i think was the first set were all breaks and the women. It's Sloan, yeah, I mean. Yeah, and the women. Well, and, and Ostapenko is not known for her strong serve, and neither is Sloan. So, but again, obviously they didn't need that to get to the finals. Right. Well, because that's women's tennis. Right. But that's not a slight. No. Because they are slight in stature doesn't mean <laughs> it's a slight against them. That's podcast gold there, right. buddy. That's, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so what an awful display. I mean, how many times did the next great whatever in Zverev play like you know just as tentative and tight as he could just he did but in the, i mean for all on it was i just could have turned the tv off oh yeah it was it was definitely exciting but it was exciting for the wrong reasons at times night um, and day yeah night and day and i would have really felt bad for isner if he lost it just because he's had three previous chances and so he would have been zero and four in finals and he's not going to have that many more i wouldn't think why? Why yeah. not? He's six foot four hundred. <laughs> he should. He's six foot four hundred and can drop bombs. And all he's got to do is start blocking returns. Well, the one comment I thought was hilarious is they said he's been putting a lot of work in, in his returns. I'm like, what has he been doing the last ten years? <laughs> I mean, I've been out waiting for that for years. And he broke. So he broke twice today. He broke Del Potro twice, and he broke Trung three times. That's got to be the first match, first stretch of three matches where he's broken seven times in his career. It might be that only times he's broken. <laughs> and I don't mind somebody. It's not telling to see a player play a tight point in a breaker. Right. And then get down a mini break and now you're done. Yeah. Especially somebody 
who's six foot fifty and drops bombs and is hard to deal with. So that doesn't tell you about a player right. as much. It's one point. Anybody can have a you know that point at two three in the first. Somebody plays a, a bad point. Yeah, uh, who cares? You know you weren't gonna have a chance to break probably on that game anyway. Big deal. Right. Um, but they were games upon games where those children were just. <laughs> It was just a disaster, I thought. I thought it was a disaster of a match. When it was like every point, one of them did something wrong, and then yet they still won the point. <laughs> and it was like, what the heck were you doing on that shot? And then the next guy, the other guy misses the shot. It's like, how does that happen? Well, you, I'll, I'll tell you, there's a one point. It may have been a four-all in the second, yeah. possibly. I can't remember. But Zverev had an overhead one inch from the net. I, no, I saw that. It was more likely to lose. I had to a, rewind it. I was fast-forwarding. I was like, wait, where did this happen? Well, it was more likely he was going to lose a point from his racket hitting the net <laughs> than it was from him missing the overhead. Yeah. But alas, he missed the overhead. And that was the game he got broken, right? Well, you can tell he's tight. Yeah, I think so. And you can tell he's tight because, I mean, he could have gotten in way better position. But when you get tight, your feet move and your finish stops. So you stop swinging all the way through the ball. You know, you lose racket head speed and your feet stop moving. And he just... He was squared up to the net, right? Like my set shot from nineteen twenty eight basketball. Okay, well, yes, I have a set shot. That's all I've got. If you were going to rank those two players in terms of net abilities, they'd probably be close to the bottom out of the top hundred. If you rank the players one to a hundred, I think they'd be ninety nine and a hundred, pretty close. They're both just horror. And Isner, he doesn't have excuses. He's at the net a lot. Yeah, like Zverev at least never goes to the net. You can give him, and he's young. Right. But Isner, he's got well, so many opportunities in that. Not only that, he should go to the net because he sucks at it. He can't last. Right. You know, if that was three out of five, that would have been a great first three sets, and yeah. then Zverev would have won the next two. Right. Oh no. Right. So, yeah, it was not. I mean, I'm I, I am semi encouraged by it, but I can't be that excited about it. I'm not encouraged at all. <laughs> at all. I mean, it just is another example that when the big four are out, what happens? It's a free for all. Yeah. When the cat's away, the crappy players will play. Well, and I think the stat that's going to define Zverev is what I heard it officially today. He's played in 11 Grand Slams. He's made the second week once. Yeah. And until he, I mean, he's won two Masters, but until he does something in a Grand Slam, I'm not going to count him as one of the best players in the world. Yeah, which I go back and forth. It's a lot like a quarterback in, you know, championship, you know, Super Bowls because, but this is an individual sport, obviously. So it is. It is different in that regard. But yeah, because he gets to play in the Super Bowl four times a year. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, yeah, there you go. That's not talking about men's tennis. <laughs> but we're bitching about it, so I yeah. guess it's good. We're not sexist after all. Um, Americans, man, one dirty Australian snuck in there and <laughs> ruined a absolutely – well, yeah. that was Coco's fault. They played right. together. So, Ash Barty, who – play with Keys or something. I'm somebody. kidding. She's not a dirty Australian. We love Australia. They're our cousins. <laughs> yeah. They're our cousins. Right. A formal penal colony. <laughs> That's close. De- degenerates. That was pretty amazing to have, even to have an American in the final of every division would be good, and to have four winners, that was crazy. I mean, I don't think the Bryans are winning many more, Isner has, hasn't won any before, Coco's probably going to win, and Sloan should win a lot more, but but you never know. Yeah, and I think I think uh, Coco can win no matter who's playing, so if, if right. Serena's in the draw, um, I'm talking about singles too, right. not just doubles. Yeah. Um, and I think Sloan can win. Remember, she beat Serena way back. She did. And then also Serena didn't like her anymore. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. It got real cold yeah, they were, and they frosty. Were all friendly, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> all these stuff got started coming out. That's funny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Sloan is, uh, 
recovered from her rough patch, if you will. And you know what? Yeah, the whole now. listen, but the whole time she had that rough patch, every time she went into a press conference, she's like, chill. Right. Like uh like Aaron Rodgers when he said, Relax. <laughs> she told everybody, relax. But what does it say about her that she does have this pattern and Isner's got it to a lesser degree too, but she either loses first round or she makes it to the semis or finals. There's no in between. Like she doesn't have that consistency week no. to week. Right. And Isner, same thing. He'll he can lose to number 150 in the world. I and think he for, beats three top ten players in a week. I think for Isner, it all depends on who he plays and the type of match it is because right. he has no endurance. Yeah. So with him, I kind of understand it. Right. But with her, I can't figure out why it's so variable from week to week. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? She but, plays better against better players. That's undoubtable to me. The better opponent she's playing, the better she plays. Well, I'm excited that Isner is going to be able to ride this success right into the clay season. I think a lot of – oh, wait. No, wait a second. Wait a second. That's not true. We talked about like how there's no momentum to be taken from these tournaments. That's true. With Sloan, maybe. Uh, maybe she can parlay it into some clay Well, success. I mean, Ostapenko is the defending French Open champion, so maybe she, she'll take – you know, she didn't win the tournament, but damn, she made it to the finals and made, you know, a cool whatever. Right. I'm sure she made – Couple hundred G's, six hundred and fifty-four <laughs> yeah. to be exact. So Holy since hell. I'm coming off one successful prediction, I got another one for you. Just for the men? Yeah. Well, for the yes, but for year end, I'm taking Zverev or Del Potro number one at the end of the year. Ooh wee! Not Federer or Nadal. Who? <laughs> Do they? I thought they retired. That's exactly why they're not going to play enough to be number one. Man. Well, then that will that if that's the case, then that means. The tide will have turned a little bit. Maybe they're getting a little too old, and the young guys are getting a little better. Yeah, or are they going? I just think part of it is they're going to the Serena strategy, which is I don't care if I'm number one. I'm going to play all the events that I care about, and that's it. Serena's been doing that her whole career. Yeah, hmm. and and I think and, guys are finally figuring out that's kind of the way to do the way to do it. Yeah. Huh. Uh. 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 Yeah. Whereas Zverev and Del Potro are probably going to play 25 tournaments if Del Potro's healthy. Uh, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> That is the problem. Well, I uh, again, I hated that we talked about men's tennis, so let's just let it go. Brian <laughs> Brothers, go America. Yeah. Down a set. They still, I mean, does it count? Does doubles count anymore at all <laughs> to anybody? Could you figure out how they were down a set against that team? That team looked good, but it, they were not doubles players at all. I don't know. They were just hard-hitting baseline players, and you would think the Bryans would have just... Isn't that what everybody is in doubles? <laughs> I mean, except for... Well, doubles, some of the guys usually try to serve and volley or do something. But does it count when it's no ad and it's a 10-point breaker, a match breaker for the third? I mean, it's so stupid. Until they all start playing that in 10 years. It's so stupid. It's I hope every not. Every format. I hope not. I think it, I think that's that seems to be the direction tennis if, is going. If it is, is, that'll be the ruination of our game. I'm not kidding. I, I agree with you. The, the ruination... We may have to we we need to have a a pot about that and that alone. Yeah. So um, all right. So uh, who cares? The men suck. American tennis sucks. Men's right. tennis sucks. So let's talk about <laughs> even what after really, this. Yeah. So let's yeah. This meant nothing. Don't let this fool you. Uh, so let's talk about women's tennis when we come back. <laughs> It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas.
night, oh what a night. <laughs> Ladies' day, All I right, should say. Too young for that. That's the jam. <laughs> uh, that's twice I've sung, sang, <laughs> singed on this thing. Although oh, one was kind of sorry, our numbers keep going culturally down. insensitive. I think when I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to get a Cuban flavor, and it turned right. out like Mexican restaurant flavor. Yeah, but whatever. I do what I can. Um. All right. So women. How about those women? So we had Coco USA winning dubs, and I just think every every time she wins a match, whether it's singles or doubles, or I don't know if she plays mixed, um, I think that helps her confidence, and she's, I think she's a hot and cold player, and confidence is a big part of it. I mean, she's she's balls out basically when she plays, and and to do that, you really have to be confident. Well, and. We're not talking about men, but Isner did win doubles last week, and then he Damn wins it. singles this week. How dare you talk about men? So, but you're <laughs> so relating that to the, the win. Thing. I see. I see. Except so that next week is on clay. Yeah, but I don't. I, I don't think that matters as much for the women. No, but that's got to be her worst surface. I probably, probably. But I don't think it matters as much because, again, I think the the rate of speed the ball is traveling, you know, on average. Yeah. Not every single player, obviously, but on average, I think. Uh, and the spin rate doesn't matter as much as the as the men right well they i mean we had women the difference between the men's draw and the women's we actually had multiple women that went deep in the women's so there was we have more hope for the future than we do in the men's yeah because we have two things to talk about number one whether the game is is good as a whole and then where the americans places in it is in it and on the women's side it's both healthy and and good and quality right and a lot of american women are competing uh in it yeah so i mean and what and sloan had a hell of a run you know beating players ranked higher than her right. um you know she beat muguruta and grand slam champions she beat at least two three Ostapan, yeah if you count Osti yeah. and muguruta and azarenka and as and still not a full you know who knows yeah. who, she's got a whole bunch of stuff in her life going on i don't I don't put anything on her in terms of, um, you know, not, but she had a good run. What a great run she had. I mean, for Pete's sakes. That was impressive because um, she basically came out of nowhere. Yeah. So, but she wasn't injured. You know, yeah. she's dealing with her personal issues, um, which, you know, could be worse, you know, because that's messing with your head. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Sloan had a real good showing. It wasn't kind of like, um, I don't know, the U.S. Open maybe? I think she had a much harder road. Yeah, and I just wish she could get a little bit more consistency because it's not like she's not she's entering all the events, but she's only showing up in a few of them. Right. So Relax, she <laughs> says. Another American that had a good run was a Collins, a one Danielle Collins, huh? And I saw her, and I was like, man. And I heard, I heard about her in the Indian Wells, obviously, and then I thought, I saw her again, I was like, man. She's going to be an up-and-coming American. Then I looked her up, and she's 26. And I was like, well, it's a little late to start, but she no, can still. No, it's not 1987, man. <laughs> you don't have to turn pro when you're That's 15 right. and be That's winning right. Grand Slams by 17. Um, but it is strange how she was 185 in the world and then had two deep runs in a row at Masters, which is hard to do. So, I mean, she could be in every well, tournament a, now. Listen, there's a transition period. She played in college. Right. UVA, right? Um, so that just shows you you can play in college and still be a professional, yeah, a successful like pro- that. professional tennis player. To be honest with you, for American tennis, I think that's ha- has to be the way it has to get to. I really think getting to the point where 
tennis is more similar to basketball and football where it's a um you know almost uh <laughs> you're gonna get me in trouble <laughs> pathway that's a bad word <laughs> but yeah well where it's a you know a conduit to uh to the pro level where but you i get, think it's it's even more noticeable to see that but now that players are doing better older they don't they don't feel like they're wasting four prime years they're right like isner just won at 32 won a masters right and all the players in the top Stop 10 talking about men you <laughs> sexist son of a bitch are older so they don't need those four years to be on the tour. They can use right. that to develop. But the women, there are definitely fewer successful college players. Aren't, isn't that true? I don't know. I, I wish I did. I can't name any besides her that are. I don't have any clue. I literally have no idea. Wouldn't even begin to know. I just feel like they. I think they skip because they turn pro so early. Like I, I think Osaka. I saw a stat which is crazy. She's twenty years old. She's played two hundred fifty-five pro matches. Wow. And she's twenty. I said, how is that possible? Wow. Yeah, and. Better hadn't played that many matches the last five years. <laughs> Combined. <laughs> Still number one um, with, <laughs> with points to spare. Good. Well, he's not number one, is no, he, at this moment? Not at no. But the, the points will be ticking away yeah. as uh, Nadal doesn't win these tournaments. But I think, like you said, I think people need to get out of that mindset of thinking they got to turn pro at 17, 18, 19. Well, and some things in college have to change, too, um, which I don't know if they will. But, uh, but listen – the the competition is important so that that's got to increase in american tennis and college tennis and then and then lack of training time cuz right. there's so many limitations with ncaa athletes um even at, you know at the division 1 level um at every level and so those are two kind of barriers um that uh that they look at that that a, a player would consider when they're thinking eh weighing that option of of uh, turning pro or playing college tennis, but that's for another podcast altogether. Well, I bet Collins made more money from her scholarships than she did her first year as a pro. She was making nothing. Oh, sure. Um, and sp- spending a ton of money trying to travel. And yeah, do all those so, things. I mean, that's one reason to stay in and finish is, you know, you're not. it's not costing you anything. Right. Although, I will say that's not exactly true. <laughs> Although now they have this new, you know, realistic scholarship where it's – you know, more than just tuition books, yeah. it's laundry money and whatever. Right, food. Hookers, whatever. <laughs> That's only football and basketball. Yeah. Tennis doesn't do that stuff. <laughs> Good upstanding people. Of course. Um, so, yeah, so the women's, um, again, we think women's is healthier in general, even without oh, yeah. some big-time players. Because we have a mix of older and newer, too. And Americans are making a dent. I mean – I don't know if you re- remember this name. She's very, very old. She's a veteran now. <laughs> but Christina McHale. Oh, gosh. Is yeah. she still playing? <laughs> exactly. That's, I mean, but she, she made it third round. She was one of up-and-comers who was supposed to be the next big thing. Exactly. She beat a seeded player um, in the second round and lost to Muguruta. Okay. But um, so they, that was one American. Um, Risk made it to the third round. That's kind of her standard, it seems like. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, it, again, if that was Jack Sock and we had his men... <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm not... Listen, if that was Jack Sock, but we had five players ahead of him ranging from top five to top 10, top 15, right. top 20, then we then we would say, wow, he's a hugely successful American player, for Pete's sakes. Um, but he's the standard bearer <laughs> until yesterday. Or until today, it's today's Sunday. Well, and I think the American women have so much 
higher plateaus to reach, whereas all the men have peaked, except for uh, Tiafo. That's true, except for Tiafo. Maybe um, Sock hasn't, but he's got to be pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Eight more. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we Well, he's only up. 25 or 26. I mean, theoretically, he Yeah, I guess you're right. Still be There's going to be a lot of players are going to retire yeah. soon. and uh, <laughs> He'll move up by default. Yeah. But um, the women, there are many that are still young and improving. Yeah, I mean. Keys, Vandeway, and Sloan being the main ones. I mean, Collins made it to the semis for Pete's sakes. Yeah. Daniel Collins made it to the semis for, you Which know. Which means she's now going to be able to get into almost any tournament she wants for the next year. So it'll be interesting. And some confidence. I mean, because, again, she didn't just, you know, beat Scrubs, you know. Right. I mean, so. She beat Venus. And Coco. Yeah, those were. The Venus match was, was a really good match. She was pretty strong in closing it out, I thought. Yeah, agreed. I think she looked good all the way through. So V-Will and S-Will aren't going to have to carry the women's game for America, uh, which is, which is puts me in a happy place. Yeah. And again, as I go back, so you look at this, it was $7.9 million prize money for the men and for the women. I think maybe you shave off about $2 million for the men and tack it on to the women's, <laughs> and I think we're, we're yeah. fair. Yeah. Not equal, I think we're fair. Right. Uh, because the men is a shit show, and the women was fantastic. Well, and I didn't see the women's final that closely, but the men's, there were a lot of empty seats in that in Good. that match. Good, as there should be. So I'm, I think, uh, now maybe that didn't translate to sales. Maybe those tickets were sold anyway, but they definitely weren't all there. Right. Um, do we care about doubles? Nah. I mean, again, I, I think only from the standpoint of any time a player is playing a match and competing – and using stretching their skill set a bit. So yeah. ideally, they're going to volley some. I know there's a lot of one-up, one-back doubles, even at the pro level. It drives me insane. <laughs> but it's still, she's at the net half the time. Right. So when her partner's serving and when she's and her partner's returning, she's at the net, theoretically. So she's hopefully having to hit some volleys. Well, and um, I know this isn't an instructional podcast, but and I, I tell people this constantly, but explain to me what the benefit is of playing one-up, one-back. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> but at the tour, it seems to work for the women anyway. Well, the men do it too. Yeah. But what happens? The Bryan brothers end up both in. Oh, yeah. And they and end up They kill the net winning. player. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the benefit is, is you're a singles player playing doubles. <laughs> Instead of being at the net where you're not comfortable, you're staying at the baseline. And I guess if the other team is one up, one back, then one up, one back is okay. Because one of you's got to win. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if you both agree. <laughs> we played a little bit of Division Three, <laughs> four back, yeah, uh, doubles uh, the other day. That was fantastic. <laughs> uh, it happens. It happens. Um, but we dominated, so right. Well, that's it, what I mean. If, if it ends up that way, sometimes it, uh, it, we don't do that on purpose. Well, and starting, yeah. So starting back, that that's kind of an indictment on your partner's serve if you're starting back, <laughs> but. Potentially. But starting back as a returner is totally common. Sure. Two back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. But I do see one up, one back, and I tell my students, you know, we don't play one up. The highest level doubles don't play one up, one back. And they say, well, I watched this match on TV, and they were all one up, one back. I'm like, oh, great. Now i got to justify why they're playing that on TV. Well, so the other side is that is that the people, no offense, but the people you're coaching aren't the highest level. Right, I know. So their transition game may suck. Right. Their speed and agility coming in. Their ability to cover lobs is terrible. <laughs> I mean, well, if I'm giving a lollipop serve, it's hard for me to get in because <laughs> that return's coming back faster than the serve. And that too. So a lot of times I'll the, – the best thing I try to get 
people that can't serve, don't have the ability to serve and volley, or if they're playing good returners, is delayed pressure. Right. Serve. Hopefully, you'll get somewhat of a not easy return, but uh, you know, a decent, just middle of the road return where back, to where you can st- step into the court, hit your next ground stroke, then come in. Yeah, and that oftentimes gives them a little more comfort level in terms of just charging the net. They can charge it a little more on their terms than than kind of with the with the. And, and again, you know, if, on the, on the women's side, the sir, the returns are either better or equal to the the serves. Yeah. So you know you're you're putting yourself in danger if you're trying to serve and volley a lot. And you would almost think you would see more returning coming in in women's doubles than you would maybe see serving and volleying. Although it's not like the serves are horrific. They're not yeah. you know frying pan grips to where. You know, they can just absolutely wreck the ball. But if you get them off their spot and you're a little off balance, you can't come in anyway because that next ground stroke coming from the server is going to be, you know, tough to deal with. So, no, I like the server coming in and, and a, a little de- delayed pressure is always good. So Yeah. Um, But, no, I'm I'm with you. They Doubles is pretty – for women, all the women, top women pros play doubles for the most part. So it's not, you know – it's not that exciting to me when it's the same players every week. The men, when some of the big stars play doubles, to me it's a little exciting. But yeah, it. I mean, we're too far away from this. But if we could get to the point where the the the, the prize money and the points were connected, then you would see everybody play. Then it would. Then, but that's impossible. I mean, that yeah, we're so far away from that. But that'd be that'd be the fix then doubles would be fixed. It'd be perfect. Because you can't tell me that in 1978 or 1982 when McEnroe's playing doubles with, you know, whoever. Joe Blow. Right. And <laughs> then whatever. That That's not a big draw. Right. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. And well, he's actually coming to the net and volleying like they yeah. oftentimes all did. Well, the only problem I think about tying the rankings is then you're going to have – Bob and Mike Bryan, the singles draw, which is going to be a, a, a beatdown probably. So you're going to get maybe some really yeah. bad singles matches in the early rounds. Yeah. I mean, I guess you would still have – well, no, you can't have the option. That's what you're saying. You're saying it would be required to play both. Well, the, the hard part is you can't because not everybody's going to be able to get in both draws. Yeah. So True. it would have had to – yeah, so I don't know. And somebody – I guess you could still decline playing one, but you would just reduce your potential points. Who knows? Who the hell but knows? But yeah, that won't happen. There's got to be a system. Call in if you have a better system to get. <laughs> well, they've already changed it where basically I think you can use your singles ranking to get in doubles, but well, they don't, you always they could. don't want to. You always could, um, you know, if you're trying to get into qualifying of a tournament. So like the Bryan brothers would have a better chance to get into, would have a chance. They have zero singles ranking. Right. So, but Federer could play and neither do you, yeah, right. <laughs> so you and you and Mike Bryan or Bob Bryan have the same singles ranking, right? None. Yes, we're both undefeated, right? <laughs> oh no, on the season. Um, but because they have doubles ranking, they're going to be slotted ahead of you to get into a turn a doubles turn a singles tournament. Oh, see, I didn't know the doubles carried over to singles. I knew singles. It doesn't carry over, to over, but if you got nothing, that's next. I see. Because if two, if you and I both, we have nothing. We don't have a singles or a doubles ranking. So if you and I both they need win, a way to differentiate, then you know I don't know how they pick. I'm right. better looking <laughs> and smarter. <laughs> Um, I don't know what else. <laughs> Sorry, so, I'm choking on that. All right, so uh, I didn't mean that. I apologize. <laughs> but no, like Federer, he could play any doubles tournament he wanted, right? 
like legitimately not um, as a wild card. I don't know. I thought because he's number one, he can get anything he wants. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't think so. That's what I thought changed a couple of years ago. Oh, maybe it did. Because maybe the two did. enticed those players to place doubles uh, some, which didn't really work, but that huh. was the thinking behind it. Interesting. Interesting. Well, if uh, if Federer and uh, I mean, well, here's where we'll see Davis Cup potentially. We'll see you know top singles players potentially right. play doubles, but um, whatever. So, what do you think that uh, not to get back to the you know what side of tennis? Those uh, those <laughs> those um, people that are more masculine that side. But uh, Davis Cup is coming up. Does this matter? Does this ITF? I mean, this. Uh, what do you call it? Masters 1000 matter? Um, this victory? I mean, it should matter because the U.S. team is still in, so that Isner has to build confidence from that. But um, we're playing on clay. I think this year is almost a wash after they've made the big announcement for next year. It kind of makes this year, to me, less interesting. I'm just ready to move on to the new format. No. But I do think, you know, that the USA is still in it makes it more exciting. Oh wait, no, we're playing. We're playing at home. Okay. Yeah, the next so it'll one's be hardcore. Hard yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll lose that one. Um, <laughs> Against two Belgium. Well, the, here's the upside: is um, yeah, we're playing Belgium, and they don't have their full crew. So um, which their full crew isn't much anyway. Well, they have uh, a fan. Yeah, he's not playing because of his eyeball or whatever the hell went on. <laughs> well, he lost zero and zero first round of this tournament. So no, I guess his eyeball's back. Decided, well, he must have decided it's not. Oh, I see. So, I mean, but that matters. I mean, that's two points that potentially, oh, you yeah. know, and we don't have a knockout doubles team anymore. Well, the good thing is our players can lose to anyone, so it doesn't matter if they're <laughs> that, missing. That too. <laughs> that too. But we have two people in the top 20, top 15 in the world. It's true. We have the number nine player in the world now. Mm-hmm. We have to be the favorites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me about uh, Novak's resurgence without his coach. Did I did I predict that that wouldn't last? We both did. Yeah, they said it was well. I zero Grand Slam titles. I predicted that it wouldn't last because what Agassi has to offer, Djokovic isn't going to be receptive to. Well, and did you read the reason that they split? Because they agreed to disagree too often. But we didn't. I wanted to know what, and I'm sure it'll come out at some point. But I wanted to know what the disagreements were. I think it was that Agassi didn't want him to come back yet because he uh, saw he didn't have it. Oh, eh. and Djokovic was just ready to come back because he's maybe got an ego or thinks he was right. ready. And well, listen, it's you know from Agassi's standpoint, he finished you know the last two thirds of his career. You know, was a whole different situation than it, than the first part of his career. Right, and it became more of a spiritual journey. I don't think Djokovic is ready to hear that bullshit. No. You know, I don't believe it's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. But you know what I'm saying? From his standpoint, yeah. I don't know. That's what, probably how he feels about it. Yeah, I don't know what Serbian is for bullshit, but whatever that is, <laughs> I ought to look that up. Um, but, you know. Um, but no, I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. But what will be interesting to see is if, if, if Agassi was right by kind of dropping him and that Novak is done, because that's to me what kind of it symbolizes, is that he thought he thinks Novak is done. There it is. Listen. Sranje. <laughs> it's Sranje. You just offended all our Serbian listeners. I apologize. I didn't say you were. I said he thought what Agassi had to offer was Sranje. Yes. <laughs> um, and I. How much did Agassi get paid for like zero wins and 
golly, I don't know. I'm sure he had to get expenses at least. He was, he was meeting them places and yeah. And he kept saying, and it's almost like he had to convince himself. I'm in it for the long haul. He said that like three or four times, and it's like, and now he's gone. Right. That was a very short, long haul. <laughs> but we, I've, I don't think anybody, anybody predicted or thought that it would be for the long haul, including one double A. No, I don't. I You're, think he needs to get Goron. <laughs> or one of the, somebody that actually knows how to serve. Because his serve is a disaster now. Well, who knows if it's good. Yeah. But he know already knows how to, everything Agassi did. He already knows how to do. That's what I never understood about the pairing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get they had similar playing styles, so maybe he they could share some philosophies in that regard. Well, what was it that uh, got him off of the run that he was on? He got hurt, right? So, the hell's that? Andre's not a doctor. No, he didn't do anything. I don't think he either did anything wrong. I think it just was bad timing, kind of, that he got hurt right after they got together. Well, what I'm saying is that he had already gone on a, a spectacular two-year run, three-year run, right, and uh, and was right at the top. And so now what? Yeah, you know, I mean, what? I don't think he has the same motivation that the other big three do. Oh, for sure. Um, and that's what I for that's sure. what I've always worried about with his comeback. I've said, and of course, I said this about Ferdinand too. I said they were pretty much done, but I think it's more believable to me those guys coming back. I just don't see him coming back because. Number one style of play, and number two, what I said today to one of my friends, he doesn't have a surface that he can dominate. Federer right. can dominate grass, Nadal can dominate clay. He did, Djokovic dominated hardcourt for a while, but it's it's really hard to dominate hardcourt because most players specialize in hardcourt. That's kind of the middle of the road one. Yeah, and so he doesn't have a dominant serve. He doesn't have a way to win easy points where Nadal could win on clay for the next 10 years. Federer could win on grass for the next 10 years. <laughs> Only because tennis sucks. Because <laughs> it's what? What is it again? The weakest you era. You got it. The weakest era. <laughs> We're going to change the name it. of the podcast. The weakest era in tennis. You are the weakest era. Um, <laughs> it's also too old for our audience. I love that show. That show's still on, The Weakest Link. Is it? it? No, it's not. Of course it's not. I, what it, I, what it was terrible is... terrible syndication. Yeah, who wants to be a millionaire, I think. That's I still on with like 10 different hosts. Uh, who knows? But yeah, so... Um, yeah, Steve Harvey. When he starts hosting, you know, it's like, wait a <laughs> Is second. Is he really hosting No, now? he's not, buddy. Say, why wouldn't he be? I would watch it if he was hosting. Why? Oh, yeah, but uh, why wouldn't he be? <laughs> um, anything else? What else we got? Miami is a wrap, baby, both, right. both this year and forever. So the hardcourt season is over for the first half of the Shit. year. Are you excited about Clay? I'm kind of like you. I get excited once I start seeing the places they play. and, and That's what it is, back. man. It's exotic, sexy, hot locations. Yeah. Cool. They're all cool and hip, and people drive Italian sports cars <laughs> in these places and smoke cigarettes like with those long like filter <laughs> things, right? When I always remember Isner saying that what he hated about pro tennis was having to travel to these places like Monte Carlo and Paris, and now, now he's our American hope again. Oh, my God. Going back to dreaded Monte Carlo and Rome and dreaded Madrid, Monte Carlo. these what awful places. Ass. Or he could be playing in places like Panama City in a 50K. <laughs> Houston um, next week in yeah. the U.S. Clay Court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the most bogus um, tournament in the world. <laughs> the U.S. Clay Court. I, I'm sorry. I hate that tournament every year. I'm going to mark that down. We're not going to talk about the U.S. Clay Court next week. No? No. Even if uh, an American <laughs> wins it? If Isner goes back to back, we can talk about it. Well, I mean. I bet he won't play it. Maybe. I don't know because uh, he does well in it every year. But yeah, I think he's just now that he's won a real tournament, he doesn't need to play that tournament. <laughs> yeah, that's not nice. <laughs> that is not nice. When is that damn thing? It's it's either 
There it is. In two days? April or? 9th. Yep. Okay, next week. Yep. So next one week. week. Okay, so if you want one week off, he might be able to play it. Yeah. Um, we got Charleston. Now, that's a historical term. That used to be on Hilton Head Island. Yeah, that usually gets pretty Why good Why is the Pro Tour getting off islands? Are they anti-island? What is going on? They've read all those reports about the wall sinking. That happened years ago, by the way. <laughs> that it was on Hilton Head. It's been Charleston for a while. Um, but what a good place. You know, yeah. like it's starting to get warm-ish right. in, in South Carolina now. Not quite as humid just because it's not into the heat of the summer yet, but it's starting to warm up. Um, Hilton Head, home of the USPTR. There you go. Or PTR. I don't know what they're called anymore, <laughs> uh, which is a, a teaching organization. They certify people. To teach. Now, are you certified by the, the PTR? I am not. Holy hell, you don't know what you're doing I out got there. The rival. Danger to society. <laughs> the rival organization. Yes, you do have the rival, which I hear the USTA is about to gobble up. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, more control over I the thought, world. I thought PTA and PTR were going to merge at one point. I think there was talk about that, but nobody out there listening gives two pieces <laughs> of nothing about that. Um, but it should matter to some degree. You know, over in the UK, the LTA the Lawn Tennis Association, which is their equivalent to our USTA. They Even have no, it's not lawn tennis anymore. Right. They have a stranglehold on all parts of tennis. So, like, if your club... So it is like the USTA. Not quite. Because, <laughs> more? listen, because if, if your club doesn't have people that are the stamp of approval from the old LTA, then you're shit. Nobody will go to you. Oh, wow. Whereas so you here... So they, like actually care there yeah i mean because here's what happens if all we care about is your track record right so we have some places and i'm not gonna name any names because i don't want to you know help or hurt people but we have places right here in texas there's several places across the state that have a track record of pushing out really good players yeah at all levels and you they know? might have zero certified pros right from either body or their certifications were just you know they did it just for whatever reason, right. and it doesn't matter. Or because, they were on the tour or whatever. Right. And it, it's funny because a lot of these people, like famous people, like you see like Rick Macy or somebody, uh, or down you know, down in Saddlebrook, uh, which you know John uh, Isner mentioned today, he, he used to hit with Zverev at Saddlebrook back in the day when they were <laughs> youths. When they were youths. Um, or uh, Boletaries down in Florida. They, they are certified after the fact. Right. You know, these, these these groups get them on board after the fact to say, hey, look, I'm pretty sure none of them learned anything from <laughs> the actual PTA or right. PTR certifications that allowed them to coach at the level that right. they're coaching. It's so ridiculous. They could have just, it could be like those honorary degrees from Harvard. They could probably just, could have just given them the certification Ex- exactly. without doing exactly. the testing. Master Pro, he's the greatest. <laughs> By the way, when did Isner get a personality? <laughs> that was actually more exciting. It was Let like, me tell you something. <laughs> I mean, the fact that, people out there don't realize or maybe don't think about how close knit the tours are especially when you're talking about um you know groups from the same country yeah uh Zverev obviously is not from the same country but a lot of people do come here to train and he trained yeah he even yeah. trained in the dallas area for right a while. and so with you yeah of course oh because you're pta certified <laughs> obviously um but uh but yeah i mean all these people know each other and especially if they're close in age you know, they've been competing against each other or with each other and training with each other and against each other since they were, you know, teenagers. Right. 
and uh, people forget that, and you're like, oh, I hate, you know. I mean, Twitter, first of all, Twitter hates all white American players um, <laughs> for some reason. Right. Um, they're but all they, racist. But like you said, they've got to be on the same hotel, the same flights, the same yeah, of course. You know, training facilities. Of course, they, and they end up playing doubles together. Right. Who played doubles together? Oh, uh, with well, this tournament? Yeah. Well, like I said, by the way, my prediction, Isner and Sock did not play together. Oh, yeah, because we were talking. Yeah, I yeah, said, yeah. I guarantee they won, they won and they won't play together next week. Right. And I think it was Isner and Query or Isner and Johnson or somebody. So, um, and Indian Wells was Misha and Sasha. The brothers played well, together. Well, yeah, which. But that doesn't happen that often either. They usually split up and play with other people. Right, but they're related. So it could. And if they're different levels and one can't get in a tournament and the other right. one can, he's got to go play somewhere else. Yeah. The other one's top 10 in the world. He gets to get in wherever. And the other one's trying to, you know, do you know, continue his um, his uh, career, trying to get a singles career in order. So yeah, so the racist John Isner played with a young black fella named D- Donald Young. Okay, that's who it was. So yeah, it's just so stupid. Twitter's so dumb. Why do I even get on it? God, I hate Twitter. Well, and Isner, I would assume, is probably getting a lot of Twitter backlash because he's a big Trump supporter and he's pretty vocal about it. I think. Which anytime you're vocal about supporting anyone, you're going to get backlash. No, not true. Apparently, it's only Trump. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it really is. There's definitely more. Well, because he's the only one that matters now. When it was during the political race, yeah, maybe it was anybody. But anyway, and he wears that dumb Bass Pro hat. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he was cheering. He was pumping himself up. He was pumping up the crowd. But yeah. I feel like he does better when the crowd either doesn't like him or doesn't root for him. Damn it, we're talking about men's tennis, but he <laughs> did. The only reason I'll bring this. The only reason I'll I'll. Uh, talk about what you're talking about is because it's hearkening back to a better time in American men's tennis. He was, he did the Jimmy Connors did. point around the thing for a minute. So well, and that goes to your thing, which that he got that from what college tennis being able sure. To let oh people yeah, cheer and you know get in that, that mode. Yeah, for That's sure. That's why I think he plays better when the crowd like the crowd was against him in the Del Potro match big time for sure. And he played way better in that match than he did today. Yep, yep. Anywho, um. All right, so I said I asked you if there's anything else, and then we rambled on for another ten minutes. <laughs> it's my specialty. Is there actually anything else? I think no. we, I think we've wrapped up Miami, um, and now it's on to the clay, which I I am fired up about. I'm gl- I'm glad to see something different. Um, yeah, we've been watching hardcore now for quite a while. Yeah, since the Labor Cup, right, or whatever. Yeah, um, it's October. Yeah, for Pete's sake. So it's good to see some clay. I don't mind seeing different players win. I like all four surfaces, and by all four, I mean American hard courts and then some of that, play, you know, the more right. rubbery kind of yeah. whatever. Um, so, oh, and carpet, all five surfaces. <laughs> I apologize. Um, no, thanks. Yeah, wood, <laughs> uh, basketball flooring. No, so, um, yeah, all right, well, that's it. I think we uh, have wrapped up another fantastic episode, and uh, this may be the last one because American Times is, f- is fixed. Right. The rela- the revolution has has achieved its goals. We cleaned it up in like a year. That was pretty fast. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Just think we could what we could do with another year. Uh oh. Yeah, let's give it a try. Isner might be number seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't need a revolution for the women's side, but uh, maybe we're going to ruin women's tennis. And uh, right. That's probably we're we, yeah we're men. We'll we'll break it. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Nope. All right. So again, everybody out there, spread the word. Spread the word. Get on your Facebook and your Twitter. I mean, you could get on Instagram. You're not going to find anything from us. There's people that follow us, and I. It's got to be the most promoted non-existent site. We've it's real it every week. I have it. Yeah, it's real. I don't. 
All right. I'm gonna get you on can the be phone. the first follower of our Instagram Not page. True. Not oh, true. We have no, no, some. No. Oh, yeah. We've got, we've got. Don't say how many. That makes it worse. At least a half <laughs> a handful. At least a half a handful. Now, here is. All right. So here's what I don't understand. What any of these buttons are and how to find who follows me. I don't. I don't know. No, I don't wait, understand. You're what's definitely going asking on. the wrong person. All right. No, that's not our followers. Nope. I don't want to add anything to the library. <laughs> I don't want to search. All right. I'm out. I don't know what's going on. Right. Oh, there it is. Wait. Nope. That's not it. All right. So I'm out. I have no idea. Search. Nope. I'm hitting all these buttons, and there are people that follow us. I get emails saying, "Hey, so and so follows you." It doesn't even say. It says you. Well, maybe they did the Wickmeyer and they followed and then unfollowed oh, immediately. My God. Wickmeyer watch. <laughs> two weeks now. We're 0 for 2. Son of a bitch. Come on, Yannina. Where are you at, baby? Anyway, um, you can be the seventh or sixth or however many followers that we have on Oh, Instagram. sure. Yeah. So if you are a du- double, if you make, I don't know. I can't even find who our followers are, so I'm not going to say a word about it. You make number 10. I'm looking at my Instagram account thing right now, and I can't even tell what my Instagram name thing is. <laughs> For the love of God, call in if you have any idea of what in the hell I'm doing here. Create us an Instagram. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do that. Yeah. Invite people. I don't think so. I don't want to invite. Eleven followers. Boom. Oh man, we've already in the double digits. Yes. I don't know how many are real. I'm not going to say their names. I don't know if that's you're allowed to do that. <laughs> Maybe, wait a minute. Maybe that's where Yanina went. She got off of Twitter and said, "Hey, Instagram's a new thing." So let me see if she's in here. No, no, 9, 10, 11. Nope, not there. Son of a bitch. So the first person to be number 12 follower will put your question on air next week. You can be follower you, number 12. I don't know if you can do that. I think right. it's just for pictures. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what it's going on. All right. Somebody will figure it out. Somebody email us on how to use Instagram. I guess I could just Google it, but... Uh, anyway, all right. So for the eleven fans out there, don't unfollow Instagram. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I want to see who stays the longest, right, with not receiving a single post on Instagram for the next eight years. Not one. Instagram won't even be a thing by the time. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So follow us on Twitter at one zero s r e v tennis rev at tennis rev on Twitter or tennis revolution podcast fan page on Facebook. Email us at tennis revolution pod. Mm-hmm. Getting cool there. <laughs> Not podcast, pod. That's a cool way to say it, Corey. Oh, yeah. At gmail.com, because apparently Google owns the other Everything. half of the world that Amazon doesn't own. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that might be it. Call in 555. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, subscribe. iTunes. Yeah, baby. Please subscribe. For Pete's sakes, just subscribe. And tell everybody you know, go back to the stealing phones on changeovers. Do that. Put us in other people's phones and uh, and spread the word. Maybe we should start selling bag tags or something. Something that when you're on a changeover, are you one of those chatty people on a changeover with your opponent? Um, I am chatty during and between points. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate you so yeah, much. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Oh, my God. That's like, I thought we were playing a competitive match. Like, no, we're just talking the whole time. Well, here's the good news. That if you are one of those people and you have a bag tag that says Tennis Revolution Podcast, oh my goodness, what is that? Right. That's a fantastic looking bag Conversation tag. Conversation starter. Hey. So yeah, so if you're not one of those people that talk during changeovers because you play tennis <laughs> the right a way, athlete. Um, then but you want to be, and maybe you're shy, this right. will give you that opportunity. Um, all right, enough rambling. The lady in the middle told you what to do. 
Um, is she British? <laughs> you wouldn't know. You don't listen. No. Um, no, she's not. That's right. She is not. So I'm going to get a British lady to do it. We'll ask her after the show. Yeah, why not? All right. So uh, nothing else. Good. Everybody out there, I appreciate you listening and, and spreading the word. Um, this is a word of mouth kind of thing. So keep on doing that. And uh, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Yeah, you know.